It is amazing grace that I can stand here and say to you that God's peace and his mercy and that grace, that is yours through our Lord and our Savior Jesus. We're going to look at this verse from Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read that verse together. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus and let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength, our redeemer, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I find those stories of those people of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 to be absolutely amazing. I mean, just think of all that they went through. And yet, the end of their lives, it's described as these were all still living by faith when they died. And they talked about them being folks who saw themselves as being pilgrims who longed for, for a better country. I, I mean, their stories are incredible. And they leave you in, in awe. And most important, what these stories do is they surround us. And they give witness to us today. And through their surrounding us and, and giving witness to us, what their stories do, I believe, is they bring us great, great comfort. Now, I'd like to go back to last week for just a few moments and, and the thought that I wanted you to take home from last week. And that thought, that truth from Hebrews chapter 11 was simply this, that God loves you unconditionally and forever. And you see that truth in the lives of those people in the faith hall of fame and that that's the one thing that enabled them to live their lives of faith is because they knew, regardless of circumstance, they knew, regardless of the sins they had done, they knew that their God was a God who loved them unconditionally and forever. That same truth holds for us as well. What enables us to live out our lives as people of faith is knowing that it's an absolute truth that God loves. Go ahead, point the finger at yourself. He loves me. Yeah. Unconditionally and forever. Now, there are two more truths to be gleaned from their faith stories in Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12, which is why this morning I'm talking about the story of faith, part two, living out faith, part two. There are two more truths that are presented in those words from Scripture that also enable us and strengthen us to be able to live out our lives believing in God. And those two truths are simply this, and if you'd advance... The three great truths from Hebrews chapter 11. We already talked about truth number one. You are loved unconditionally and forever by God. Truth number two, let's read it together. You will never be alone. God is always with you. And truth number three, you have another life to live forever with God in heaven. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you know what a witness does, don't you? A witness is called to testify to the truth. So help me God, right? So what do these folks witness to? Here's one of the things that the folks in Hebrews chapter 11 witness to. They witness to this truth that they would never be alone, that God would always be with them. And the, what makes their witness so powerful is this. They also witness to this truth. Life usually isn't easy. Life in general is hard. Life is full of struggles. It doesn't just go always the way you want it to. It's not a bed of roses. That's what they testify to. They testify to the fact that life is full of tests, and not just hard tests, but tests that can be absolutely difficult and imposing and frightening. That would be Abraham's testimony. Put yourself in, here, in his shoes for a moment. Being tested by no less than God to sacrifice. Well, let's not use that nice word. To kill. To murder. Your only son. Talk about a test. Life is full of tests. That would also be the testimony of the parents of Moses. How would you like to be living in a society where the only way that you knew your child, your, your son could survive is that you would have to put him in a basket and let him float in the river? How about that child Moses now as an adult and the challenge he faced in life, the challenge of choices? Do I choose to live as Pharaoh's grandson and all that that comes with? Or do I choose to live like one of my people, Israelites, and suffer as they are suffering? The children of Israel could give the same testimony in terms of the difficulties of life. They're walking around Jericho. Insurmountable walls. How are they supposed to overcome those insurmountable walls? And how about Rahab? Suffice it to say that in Hebrews chapter 11, she is described as being a prostitute. Just how hard had her life been? What kind of a childhood did she have? And, and how was it that finally the only way that she could see her way clear to survive and make it in life was to choose to do what she did? Talk about tests. And there's more. Hebrews chapter 11 goes on to say this. And what more shall I say? 
I do not have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. I don't know what your test is. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what your hardship is. And not to minimize anything that you are going through, but I don't believe there's anything that you are going through that can be any worse than what any of these people in Hebrews chapter 11 endured in their lifetime. And I believe that in this list of people from Hebrews chapter 11, there's at least one person named that could relate to you. That if they were alive today, they would be able to come to you in whatever hardship, struggle, pain, test it is that you are going through, that they would be able to come to you and put their hand around your shoulder and say to you and look you in the eye and with all sincerity say, I know. I know what it's like to go through what you're going through. I also know this, and I know it from their stories. I know it from their testimony, because they are telling the truth that they each one believed that they were never alone in their struggle. They were never alone in their test. They were never alone in their hardship. God was always with them. And he will always be with you. He was always with them. They each knew that. They each believed that. That God never bailed out on them. Their lives of faith was built on that. It says in verse 39 that these were all commended for their faith. And then it goes on to say in the very next verse, verse 1 of chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And then in the next chapter... Hebrews 13, here's the testimony that is given by no less than God himself regarding his promise to never, never, ever leave you on your own, especially when you are in hard times. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. That's truth number two. He will always be with you. He will be always by your side, no matter what. 
Now, these witnesses who give testimony to truth number two also testify in their lives concerning truth number three. There is a future for the people of God. Now, rather than draw them all out to give their testimony one by one, we have their collective testimony in these words from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. Here's their testimony to the truth. All these people were still living by faith when they died, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Those words about God preparing a city for his people, as I read them, brought to mind, and maybe it's coming to you too in your mind, some similar words of Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now listen. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you. You see the connection to Hebrews chapter 11? He has prepared a city for them. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Truth number three. You have everlasting life in heaven. That is your future. Come the moment when your life here on this earth ends. That very next moment, your life with Jesus in heaven begins and never ends. It lasts forever. You live forever. That's the promise that brings us to the doorstep of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And the, absolutely, the absolute certainty of these three truths that enable us to walk by faith. We are loved unconditionally by God. He will never leave us alone. And we have a future of everlasting life all in Jesus. Jesus is the absolute certainty of those truths. In particular, his cross and what he did on the cross is the absolute guarantee of those truths. Who, for the joy set before him, that joy is you and me being able to believe and walk by faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, which is why we want to fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus and see 
God's unconditional and forever love for you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And we can go ahead and advance. Fix your eyes on Jesus and see the truth that no circumstance that happens to you, nor any sin that you do, will ever cause him to abandon you. Fix your eyes on Jesus and know he is always walking with you. Fix your eyes on Jesus and know that you have a future, everlasting life with him in heaven. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus as we live by faith. Amen.